goosebumps. Oh. And wow. you don't know the good goosebumps. Have called our fair share of mouth. My God. So in the world, we're, we've got two of the best right here. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably looked like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's noon, and the Top of Wrestling podcast is here and ready to go, as we always are each and every week on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's been a couple of minutes since I brought those things up. Thought I might as well give those plugs out there. As always, subscribe, like, and share. Today's episode, what you can expect top of wrestling we're gonna be talking the top of news we got the top of aew results with uh, the forbidden door pay-per-view with new japan just this past weekend we even have a top movie of the week we are even in the top of the effing draft that's right ladies and gentlemen odm so let it be written so let it be done i've been sent here by the chosen one so let it be written so let it be done to kill tiger's bitch ass stuff i don't know i, I couldn't come up with a rhyme one there. by one oh, yo one by one there all i know See, is it has been <laughs> in the words as we like to say white men can't jump and then and then uh, this is too easy i'm going home i'm going home <laughs> tell that beast you better have my bean pie <laughs> <laughs> got that z in your throat um look at we said and you mentioned it last week in your recording yeah you're gonna get you ended up getting about 400 points you know i was in the hotel each week watching dynamite the last couple of weeks and i barely saw the wardlow thing and it was funny because flamingo writes does he even do anything other than a power bomb <laughs> no and no, i don't care <laughs> that's shit. awesome i love it and then <laughs> there's been fun trash talking not like in a bad way but it's just funny when people trash talk and then just seconds later how life works out mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give a tip to that at forbidden door she writes on there oh no dax harwood is hurt sarcasm oh no mark fantasia 
What did I write? Oof, this post didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> that one came to bite you back in the ass right quick. She passed Tiger's me, though. Been She's silent. in second now, I think. I did see that. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one guy, wait, I don't get it. How did <laughs> mid card get, get all it. the way I there? I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's make it a bug. <laughs> <laughs> You don't just come to a fantasy league and say bug, all right? Yo, excellent reference. But he did. He's like, I don't get it. How did all of a sudden mid-card get up to 700 points? Bitch, pay attention. I owned everyone. And then, Forbidden Door, I ended up having a pretty decent night as well with championship wins. Yeah. Yeah. Back-to-back wins, as a matter of fact. We'll get into that, but let's talk about some news. What do we have this week for... uh, any any newsworthy stuff that we need to talk about? Normally, we just kind of bump right through and go into stuff, but I think we got a couple things to report. Yeah, a couple two tree. Uh, start off, as always, with somber news, because that's how we do. Uh, former WWE referees Tim White and Dave Hebner pass away. Uh, you certainly should be familiar with both of those guys. Dave Hebner, famous, obviously, for the double ref angle with uh, Andre and Hogan for the title. Uh, Tim White, again, girl. you know, I, honestly, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tim White, again, I, I can't think of any you know, high-profile matches that he did. I know he's done a ton of them. Uh, I, I can't think of one that Hundreds. Out, I but, mean, uh, but, like, it, one it, of the big ones that took him out of commission was a Hell in a Cell match. Hmm. He was hit during, I, be, I could be wrong on the exact people on this, but I want to say Taker and Lesnar, maybe, like, like the 2002-ish kind of match. Hmm. He got hurt. But it was funny, not funny, but it's we're just you have to bring it up because if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. When he got injured, he stopped being a ref. They used him as a talent, and for like weeks, there was vignettes of this man trying to kill himself on SmackDown. So a lot of people were writing on things. Well, Tim White succeeded, you know, like in, in a in a kayfabe fun way, right? If you're gonna keep right. the, the wrestling part of it going, and like in not a bad way, honestly, both awesome referees, very well known. Uh, it sucks because they were like days a day apart. That's it. Like one was right after the other. I believe uh, Dave Hebner was first, and then Tim White was the very next day. Yeah, sucks. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Bad timing. Cool. We're we're doing great with upbeat yeah. news. Let's keep it going. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, I'm gonna jump around here just based on you know how things relate to each other. But uh, Kushida, you do that House of Pain. Could- mm-hmm. Kushida returns to New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> Uh, oddly enough, it was at a road event, which would be like similar to a house show. It was like they were in a gymnasium or some shit. It wasn't. I'm surprised they did it then. Um, but um, well, the gymnasium, that's actually like a lot of their places. That's that's it is a road event, but it's like there. Right. But they still you can watch them on the New Japan world. It's like their Monday Night Raw is what you were seeing. OK, like one of those episodes, if you will. OK, they uh, but yeah, yeah, he's. It was an underwhelming return, but he couldn't get back in time originally for the best of Super Juniors, which is now over. That would have been good timing, but he had to wait out the rest of his WWE contract. But he's here, good enough. Let's get him back to doing what he's doing, does best, which is wrestle. Absolutely. Uh, And he's figured into, what, the junior heavyweight title? Uh, Yep. Yeah, that's what he's figured into, so. I'm sure they'll put that strap on him pretty soon. 
All right. So uh, there's there's been some more happenings in the WWE. We'll start with Triple H, who seemed to be phased out during this. But all of a sudden, uh, he showed up at the Performance Center and was giving a speech to all the trainees and said he's back. Uh, June 22nd, he had a meeting with talent and offices officials in Orlando, Florida. This is from Meltzer. My apologies. Uh, he said he was back, but he didn't explain what he meant, so he just said he's back. Uh, multiple people at the meeting noted him using the words, I'm back, but he never made clear if he was back in charge of NXT or just back at work, which he's been uh, for some time, but he hadn't been back to Orlando. Levesque had, had been a longtime head of talent relations before being removed from the position quietly. There had been talk before any of this went down with Vince McMahon that Levesque was going was going to back in a bigger role shortly, so this is likely not related to the investigation. Although the timing would indicate the time of this move could be related in some form, he did indicate that there would be things changing but could not go into detail on them just yet, end quote. Uh, so it basically seems like he just showed up, so this could just be saving face and being like, hey, I'm still alive. I still exist. I'm around. Or it could uh, be him taking out kiss- a kiss my ass that this doesn't have to do with the McMahon thing. Sure. It was what, Agreed. five days after all, six days after all that stuff happened and then boom McMahon, or Triple H is at the Performance Center giving speeches to everybody. How long are you going to be around? I'm back. So, what's your role going to be? I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. But he is back. Stephanie is also the one that's taking kind of control of some things as we've seen, right? Most of the day-to-day operations. Yeah, I mean, she's the chairman of the board, and she's the like president and CEO of the company. I still feel like it, that's bullshit, and Vince is still pulling all the strings, personally. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I, and you said that last week, and we haven't had the chance to go back and forth and talking about it, but yeah, he's definitely still behind the, the door doing that, but I think it's... Him coming out on TV and doing what he did on both nights was just to get his last goodbye on TV as a character. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. He's still running everything and he's just telling Stephanie, now this is what I want you to go do. Unless all of a sudden everything starts looking really, really awesome on their TV, then we'll know that he's not in charge anymore. But you do have one other piece of news in here. You might as well transition to that. You know, when I'm asking who's in charge, someone else is now in charge. Yeah, this isn't really unexpected, but the way that it's being uh, framed in the stories that I've read, I think, again, speaks to the fact that Vince is still in control and nothing's going to change after all of this. Uh, But the WWE places John Laurinaitis on administrative leave, and I guess I just didn't want to think about this or just didn't think about it, but uh, the obvious replacement is Bruce Pritchard, and he's the interim head of talent relations. Uh, You're next. Yes, man. In line. That's really all it is. Mm -hmm. If you even listen to his podcast, which one of the things that really annoyed me was people like, well, you could see that from that standpoint. Nah, well, the company, you really shouldn't be doing that. And he totally became a yes man. He's another Booker Uh, T. Oh, my God. You know what? I I, God damn it. I have a screenshot here that I'm going to pull up right now. There's one more new <laughs> yes man that goes along with it. Bully Ray recently says, oh, yeah. we are in a very much in a yes man era in pro wrestling. There's a lot of people that are that should be a yes person to this industry. You can't just take your ball and go home. That's not the era that you should be living in. Okay. Yeah. 
so you mean to tell me if you were being screwed in WWE all those years or TNA and all the places you were at, you wouldn't have walked out if they were making you put, oh, I don't know, uh, ointment on your genitals like they were doing to FTR. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for weeks and weeks and weeks, if they were making the Dudley boys look that stupid, you're full of shit. Same to Booker T. You are an era of yes man. Thank you very much. Bruce Pritchard was just the next in line. The biggest, the most corporate one in line. God damn it. You're right. Nothing's changing. Oh my God. Vince is in charge. Wow. Anything else we can talk about that's not Vince McMahon related? Well, <laughs> well, I just wanted to. I just wanted to say the official statement is he's on administrative leave until the WWE board's investigation into misconduct allegations against him has concluded. So basically, yeah, 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 yeah. You're on leave. You're on leave. He ain't going nowhere. Well, he ain't coming. He didn't home. even get the future endeavor speech. Ray. Son of a bitch. Yeah, he's coming back. Johnny Ace will be back in a year. He'll be back hey, in pal. a year, son. Is <laughs> right, that yeah, a I, lean on me reference? Yes, it was. <laughs> You'll be dead in a year. Thank you. I knew it. God damn, that's what I love about this. Oh, we're on. We are on Nailed today. It. We're not gonna be foobar. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> we're about to get foobar. Uh, last piece of news kind of stems uh, from all of this. There are s- now there are seven seven seven's the number seven law firms investigating WWE currently. Most of them are related. I'll just go through them in, 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 in one form or another. And I'm going to, this is going to be great. I get to read seven different law firm names. This is going to be fun. It's like you speak in Japanese wrestlers' names. More... You got to add the LLCs. Don't forget about all <laughs> oh, those. Oh, no, no. I've got them all here. I got them all here. Don't worry about it. Uh, I got more Kuen. PLLC, a law firm on Wall Street, revealed they're investigating WWE officers and directors uh, if they breach their fiduciary duties to shareholders. Pomerantz LLP are investigating them, uh, whether WWE and certain of its officers and or directors have engaged in securities frauds or other unlawful business practices. Scott and Scott attorneys at law LLP, uh, seeing if they breach their fiduciary duties and their shareholders suffered damages because of a possible breach. Shaw law firm. They are a national shareholder rights litigation firm. Uh, investigating for violations of security laws on behalf of WWE investors. So that's great. Brager, Eagle, and Squire PC also violated federal security laws and or engaged in other unlawful business practices. Finally, actually, Rosen Law Firm and Labatton Sucharau, seeing if they violated security laws and federal security laws. So... Yeah. How many people do you think just fast forwarded through that part? Because that was way too much shit to listen to. <laughs> Everybody's going after them for the fiduciary baggery laws and shit or whatever. Oh my god. <sighs> going to hell in a bucket. At least they'll <laughs> enjoy the ride. All right, man. Let's talk AEW. So, I would say there's stuff to talk about. You know, with. Dynamite and Rampage leading into the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, but holy shit. They really left you wanting none of the pay-per-view. Did the pay-per-view hold up to a good standard? Yes. Did their lead-up and everything and build-up all do it? No. I even messaged you. You getting this? Hell no. They haven't given me a reason to. The absolute horrible ending to Dynamite 
where basically every match came out and started fighting at ringside, but Tanahashi and Moxley just stared deep into each other's eyes, singing The Winds of Change <laughs> by Scorpions. It was really weird. Yeah, don't act like you don't like bad... it. I loved it. Take me! It was just a really bad ending to the to the show. It was very Nitro-esque. And it's funny because they pretty much yeah. ended Forbidden Door with the same goddamn concept. We'll get there. Um, and I'm not sure if concussions or injuries had to do with it or not. We'll get all up in that. But let's just quickly talk about the only noteworthy thing out of Dynamite or Rampage was Christian's promo. Good turn. I like how the heel turn's going there. I absolutely... I Did I or did I not say the dinosaur needs to go heel? I said t- keep Jungle Boy face, turn, jung- turn dinosaur heel. And it comes to that. It may be. And he's like, let me talk to you. You're like a son to me. Like, come on. Hang on. Hang on. Even mentioning Luke Perry, man. Now that's mm. good heat. You know what I mean? And it's not like he did it. In a cheap way, of course, you know you had Jungle Boy Jack Perry's okay for it. You know, speaking of Jungle Boy Jack Perry, we got to talk about the fact that on that pay-per-view, some of the matches that certain people called, they had all these different announcers there because you had Kevin Kelly, you had Excalibur, Taz, this, that. Jim Ross called Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. I was like, I of said- all the matches <laughs> he is going to do, are you shitting me? <laughs> Just want to bring that up. Um, but I do like the the road that they're going with Christian and the dinosaur. At least it'll it will maybe end up getting Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. Maybe he unmasks and he's the, the artist formerly known as Nocta Baby. Alright, so let's get into Forbidden Door. You wanna run down the results? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, long buy-in. There was a lot going on there. Uh, for We open with Bishaman. It's uh, Goto and Yoshihashi. Uh, they defeated the factory, Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Nobody cares about that. Uh, Lance Archer defeated Nick Camarado. Keith Lee and Swerve Stick- Strickland. I didn't know they had a name. They are Swerve in our glory. All right. They Ooh. defeated Suzuki-Gun, uh, which is El Desperado, and here you go. Yoshinobu Kanamaru. That's pretty good, man. Yeah. Uh, and then the Gun Club defeated New Japan Pro Wrestling LA Dojo, which is Alex Coughlin, Kevin Knight, DKC, and Yuya Uemura. I got to slow down during the, those. The pop that Max Caster got when he made oh, hell the yeah. pin was real big. Like... As big as the uh, the surprise person. Like, it sounded just as big as that. People are behind Max Caster. I love that he's just been doing his same thing since day one, and everyone loves him so much as a heel that he's going to be a, a natural face. That dude wins a TNT title one day, the crowd is going to lose their goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Or if they yeah, win the title. All right. Yeah, now let's get into the, uh, the long-ass pay-per-view. Yeah, all right, main card. Uh, match opens with the uh, winner taking the advantage at Blood and Guts. Uh, so you got the Jass, you got Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. 
going on against Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, naturally, the heels get the win and the advantage. That's the way it's supposed to right. be. Right, there's so. no way that the face team would ever have the advantage. I was like, as soon right. as that got named, I was like, well, we got the winner of this match. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It had a lot better false finishes than other matches. Like, where these, you're like, oh, that is the ending. Oh, shit, never mind. Some of them had way too many extra false finishes. This one, I actually enjoyed the match, except for the fact that it went like 25 minutes, man. It was a very long opener. It's like a Triple H match at WrestleMania. Ha! <laughs> ha! <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that boy, good. <laughs> Next, we had, uh, which, uh, okay, you know, full disclosure, kayfabe pal, didn't watch the event, as you mentioned already. Uh, and I was just like going for spoilers. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to Twitter and find out what the fuck's happening. I can't say I'm surprised, but at the same time, I'm surprised. We had our winner take all for the IWGP tag titles, the ring of honor tag titles and the, what am I missing here? The triple a tag titles. Yeah. No, no, it was just two, two titles, three teams, but two titles. IWGP and ring of honor. Oh, I thought there was three. Anyway, uh, it was FTR. Uh, United Empire, which is a great O'Con and Jeff Cobb. They have the they were the were the IWGP tag titles and Rapongi Vice. Fucking FTR wins. Fucking hell. That's fucking awesome. And put the AEW titles on them get now. To see, I right? And right now they're they call themselves seven star FTR. Yeah, Every yes. time they win a belt, they add a new star, which is amazing. But they that match was really, really good. I thought it would steal the show. Um, Zack Sabre match, I think, rivaled it. I watched the show. I watched it delayed. But much like you, I ended up, unfortunately, getting a spoiler because I was tagged in something, and like an idiot, I looked at it. Mm. And that's where I see Dax Hardwood's hurt, blah, 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 and I go, oh, no. So I quickly, I just go into the spoiler real quick. I'm like, it's only the second match. Let me see what's going on. And I read that Dax Harwood has his shoulder taped back up, popped it like he was in Lethal Weapon, goes back to the wing, to the ring, and they fucking win the tag titles and retain their tag titles. And I go, oh, god damn, and I have both of them in the uh, the draft. <laughs> oh damn. Oof, that post didn't age well. Um, the next match, I am extremely happy with who won the title. It was well-deserved. If anybody needed to get it, it was one of two people in this match. It was going to be Pac or Miro. Pac mm-hmm. needed the title. He's been there since day one of this company, um, and I feel like shafted. He should have been something better and bigger. I mean, his matches with Omega and Moxley and everybody wrote itself. But beats Miro, Malachi Black, and Clark Connors. I cannot tell you the number of times they said throughout the whole pay-per-view, don't sleep on Clark Connors. Don't sleep on Clark Connors. Don't sleep on Clark Connors. Because Tomohiro Ishii hurt his knee and he was taken out of the match and now it had to be Clark Connors. They wanted you to know, don't worry, he can be a threat in this match. I would have just left it with the three and called it a day, but it was fine. Since you didn't watch the pay-per-view, I'll run down everything here as to how say, certain yeah. things went no, down. No, that's what I I'm relying on, that. brother. A little give and take. Yeah, I'll, well. I'll read the names. You can read the results. <laughs> I love the names of this one here. So it was Dudes with Attitudes, which that was Michaels and Diesel back in the day. They were two yep. dudes with attitudes, but they took the two out. That's okay. 
Dudes with Attitudes, which was Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takagi versus Bullet Club for one night only, Bucks and El Phantasmo. Supposed to be with Hikaleo, and then also the uh, Dudes with Attitudes match was going to have Hiro, uh, Hiromo Tanahashi. Takahashi, yeah. He got injured, so he got injured. So we had to move along. This was the now a three-way match, or a, I'm sorry, a trios match. It was awesome because Sting's music hits, he doesn't come out. And everybody's like, where is he? So then Bullet Club comes to the ring, lights go out, you see a Sting in the rafters up high in a different area. And they're like, oh, what's that? Then all of a sudden the lights come back on, he's on top of the cylinder ramp that you know you come out of, dives right on top of all three guys. Cool moment. And they ended up winning. The dudes with attitudes won. Could have done without this match. But I also think we could have done without a lot of the buy-in, and I think this match could have been a buy-in match. Yep, 100%. We could have shortened this pay-per-view up a, a, a little bit, is all I'm saying. And since we're having a forbidden door, we should definitely have an AEW versus AEW match. Thunder Rosa <laughs> defended and retained against Tony Storm. The... Jesus. IWGP United States heavyweight title match. Will Ospreay thankfully retained against Orange Cassidy. Sadly enough, there are several times I was like, this motherfucker's going to pull it off. So, you know how he does his kicks. How he likes to kick you in the shins. He likes to do all those things and, you know, go slow hitting or whatever. There was a couple, there was a part where, you know, when someone's on their hands and knees and you have their head in your hands and you kick them repeatedly right into the the forehead Mm. real fast. Samoa Joe does it. Brian Danielson yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange goes to do it. Does his real slow version. And I was like, Jesus, it's I just hate this. It's killing me. And Orange Cassidy gets up. Or I'm sorry, uh, Will Ospreay gets up, goes to hit him. Cassidy puts him right back down and then aggressively does the kicks to his head. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, you can have a little fun, but also still kick ass. I like it, but... I'm really getting over the shtick. We got to find something. I feel like he's got to, he's got to have that Festus thing where like you hit the here is the bell ring and he just goes, you know, psycho something. Is, it's, it's bothering me. It's, yeah, <clears throat> there's it, it's weird too. It, it's hard to get rid of it because even before that on the Indies he was doing the like he would get cradled and rocked to sleep and they would tell the crowd right. it's just, like it's hard to let go of that shit, man. And I've told you I pop for him every once in a while. I get down with the shtick, but I agree something's got to get done. Um, the thing is, you know, I think it gets overlooked. Osprey does a lot of, you know, over-exaggeration too, man. Oh, um, sure. I don't know if you noticed in that match he had against Dax a couple weeks ago. Dax gives him a chop in the corner and Osprey fucking Shawn Michaeled it. Like he kicked his feet oh, up yeah. in the air. And when he landed, Dax was like, knock that shit off and chopped him again. Like he said some shit to him and chopped him again. Like, stop that shit. <laughs> it was fucking great. That's, I love that. Um, after this match was over, they're trying to put the beat down on Orange as well as, uh, Trent and the rest of the, uh, best friends and Rapongi Vice, but familiar music hits. I only needed half a second to hear it and I knew who it was and the crowd popped and there was a sign that said, if I hear Katsura Shibata's music, I'm going to cry. 
They even mentioned it on the on the uh, commentary, which I love. Kevin Kelly even goes, he called it out, and he goes, and here he is, comes out. It's kind of crazy to see him because he's like a quarter of the size he used to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, but still can go, still can move, still can take bumps. Came back to a really awesome pop. Everybody went nuts. He got he scared Osprey out of the ring. Almost was gonna get him with his move, and then Osprey turned around and left. All was well until Orange Cassidy put his glasses on. Yeah, Chicago. I heard about that. Yep. How was the match? Out of five, what do you give it? You mean Osprey and Cassidy? Mm-hmm. Three point five altogether. Wow, not bad. For because it, I, I can't. All right, look at if I'm looking at it as a whole, I may not like his goddamn shtick, but I have to look at it as what is being presented and how was it done. Mm. It was done just the right amount where Osprey was getting annoyed with Cassidy and where Cassidy was also countering with some really awesome aggressive moves and high flying. So I'll give it the three and a half. I really will. I'm not saying it's a five star match. I'm sure Meltzer oozed himself. Oh, over probably. It, but but I can't I can't wait for next week because I'm sure we're going to have the rankings in on that and we'll have to come back to it. That one what was the last one. It was like WrestleMania. It was like five star, five star, six and a half, five, five, five. The match of the night, in my opinion, was what everybody thought it would be once they had the feeling that it was going to be this man showing up. So Brian Danielson, the same day that our show released last week, comes out on Dynamite and says... There's going to be a new member of Blackpool Combat Club, and he will be the one to face Zack Sabre Jr., and you will not be disappointed. Hell no, we weren't disappointed. Former Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli shows up. At first, it almost looked like a squash match because he came right in, gave him a hard-running back elbow. Yeah, European uppercut. European uppercut, thank you. And then goes right for his finisher, but then... Saber gets out of it. It was it moved quick enough where I was like, "Oh boy!" Because I didn't. I'm like, I don't want to see a squash. Great technical wrestling. An awesome counter to the sharpshooter that I've never seen before, where you could grab someone's ankle from just as they're about to turn and turn it into a leg lock. Saber's amazing when it comes to some technical wrestling. Hell yeah! One of the most amazing parts was Saber had Claudio's arm. In like a long kind of arm stretch arm bar. They go over the top rope. He's still holding it. And then Claudio picks Zack Sabre Jr. up while still in that arm bar. Lifts Zack's body all the way up above his. Carries him all the way up the freaking steps. And throws him over the ropes into the ring. This I would give you a four and a half to five star match. I would say, and I I cap at five. Okay, I'm not gonna say that there's a thing as six and seven stars. It's the right. goddamn thing. I well, I don't know. I, yes, I grew up on Star Search. Three and three quarter stars. No, but I will tell you that this one right here, damn near as perfect as it can as it could have been. Great opening for him to show up, and now this man shows up. For Blood and Gus tonight on the same team as a guy who absolutely hates him, Eddie Kingston. Which we'll get to as well. Um, Awesome match. And <clears throat> kind of one of the reasons our logo is what our logo is. But we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. 
Did it seem oddly weird and cut short to you? Yeah, uh, it was because Adam Cole was baby. pretty much knocked out and that match had to end. And it's funny, if you look at the ending, it looked like ugh, it was such a weird pin. He took out Okada. Jay White takes out Okada and then pins Adam Cole, which I can only assume is going to bitter uh, give a bitter feud between them as a team because the Young Bucks come out and was like, hey, why'd you pin him? But at the same point, Cole looked like he was trying to kick out. I don't know if you noticed it, if you if you caught a video of it, but Cole looked like he was trying to kick out, it, and it, he held him down. That happens with concussions. Uh, it happened with Shane McMahon when he faced Roman Reigns, and he went like for a coast-to-coast, and Roman speared him. And he oh, ended the Survivor up, Series and, one, yeah, and he I kicked out, that. and he wasn't he shouldn't have. He was supposed to. The idea was just lay there and fucking take the pin, so the but he was of... fuck, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, it was the match. It was not the match we thought it was going to be, but at the same point, once I realized it was a four way match, I knew there was absolutely no way in hell Jay White was going to lose the title. Hundred percent, I knew that. That's this is exactly what it was going to happen. The interim championship, we both called, John Boxley, is now your paper AEW champion. <laughs> I guess he is another one that was, it was reported that he said he was concussed, but I think he was playing along after the show saying, I, I think I'm concussed. He said to be fine and should be at Blood and Guts tonight. Yep. Did you get a chance to listen to Claudio's music, his new entrance theme? Uh, I don't. I think everything I've seen has been a gif. I don't think I've actually seen the video now, so. The song is known as now like the the Swiss land uppercut or something like that. It's like it's the name of his song that Tony Khan, as you know, likes to buy rights to songs and ones that people can chant along to. The song is the same that you hear in Bad News Bears. Oh, oh, wait, that's completely different. I, yeah, I think that's the one, but it's in Bad News Bears. I think at the very end, when they win the, the or lose the championship, at the very end, they're all pouring beer on each other. But yeah, why I bring yeah, I that up? It's past Wednesday. You can play your kayfabe, pal, and say I don't like Claudio Casagnoli. Eddie Kingston came to the ring wearing the Chico's Bail Bonds Bad News Bears jersey this week. I don't care what you say. That's not a coincidence. Oh, hell yeah. But they ended the pay-per-view the same way as they did Dynamite. Everybody comes out and it's a brawl. Kind of preempting for blood and guts. But the best part was Eddie Kingston yelling to Moxley, Fuck you. Fuck you, I fucking hate him. Fuck you. Walking away because Claudio came out to help out. And Moxley just keeps smiling, going, it's cool, man. He's cool. While bleeding. Just, it's cool, (laughs) man. So, during this pay-per-view, as I'm watching it the next day, you messaged me and said, hey, I got a logo. Just let me know when you're done with the show. I actually thought the logo was going to be Moxley going, it's cool, while bleeding. I thought that was going to be it. And then it was so much better. It was so much better. You sent me what our logo is right now, everybody. 
Tony Khan hugging Cesaro. And I said, damn, I wish we only knew right now what the name of the show is going to be. Because this picture kind of speaks for itself. But it's one of those things. You know when you see people caption this photo, name this writer, what is being said right here. We both decided we're going to have to write some of these down and see how hard we can make the other one crack. Because I have like, fuck, I had so many. The funniest part is on this paper... I have two sections. One, TK. The second one is Claudio. Like, maybe a Claudio could say something. So, you know... The, the, I only have your welcome. So, so the thing is, there's, there's, there, he did a couple others. He hugged Moxley. There's, have you seen that video? He hugs Moxley. Yeah, and Okada. And the Okada one's great because Okada fucking looks like a million dollars. He's got the suit on, you know. And he has it... Like, Tony's, like, from the side, and Okada's, like, cradling and, like, grabbing his arms, like... It looks cringeworthy, it, like it, it's a fan that's yeah, going to have to be pulled away any second yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Mark. Fucking yeah. Mark. He is <laughs> a fucking Mark. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope MJF at some point when he comes back and be like, yeah, did you hug someone else, you fucking Mark? <laughs> All right. I got some. Are you ready? Yeah. I I didn't write any Let's down. See. I'm just going to riff. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, have, I have a couple written because... It's been a long week. That Jazz Fest killed me 10 days yeah. straight, so I had to write some of these out. But we'll go back and forth. Let's see who can crack the other. I'll start with a nice, simple one. I'm in sweet 601. You smell amazing. Okay, I got one to riff off of that. You smell so much better when you're awake. Tell me I'm better than Vince. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Just fill in the dollar amount. Do you have any Adderall? (laughs) Okay, now that's a really good one. (laughs) Another new toy to play with. (laughs) Tony, please tell me that's a microphone in your pocket. Oh my God, we we have the same thing. Hey, is that my Cesaro action figure in your pocket? <laughs> I got one. Here we go. You could go one of two ways. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Or merci, 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 merci. Paint me like one of your Swiss girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you the next paper champion. (laughs) Thank you for letting me rub your head. (laughs) Is this velvet? Hold me. Bischoff was almost right. <laughs> Tony, you're, you're you're hurting me. <laughs> Hold me and say you'll never let go. What's this white powder in your hair?
I'm broke. I'm out. That one got me. <laughs> oh my god, it's just ridiculous when you look at that picture. I'm like, I'm cringing, and and he <laughs> looks it. like he's legit crying in it, man. I, he's I, like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to immediately send it to you, but I was like, oh shit, he's watching it now. I can't. No, you didn't know where I was in that show because mm-hmm. I got to be honest. I was like, all right, for a mystery opponent, I could see them opening the show this way. Get that crowd going nuts. Yeah. And they held it to right before both title matches. Yeah. So I was, I'm glad you waited, by the way. Thank you. But Dynamite tonight, it's blood and guts. So I'm not sure who's going to be in the match when it comes to Jericho Appreciation Society because. Guevara is technically a part of Jazz, Jazz yep. now. Jazz. So you'd have definitely Jericho, Guevara, and Hagar. Hagar. Um, Matt Menard, the... Uh, Coked up Jared Leto. Jacked up Jared Leto. And then the other guy, the one that brings out his uh, knife, switch switchblade comb knife. <laughs> Where's my $2? That guy, Yeah. And they're taking on Eddie Kingston, Claudio Casagnoli, Proud and Powerful, and John Moxley. Everybody's bleeding, bro. Oh, pff, within fucking five minutes. Each one, well, if you remember the last blood and guts, as you entered the ring before the next guy entered, you were already bleeding. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was like almost a must before you went in. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, think about last year Santana got stuck down between the cage and the Yo, ring for that like was nasty. a minute. Yeah. The way he got down there was nasty. It, it was it did not look yep. it did not go the way they planned. Dude, and it was about, I think it was uh Wardlow like picked him up and threw him at the cage. Right. Actually, yeah, yep. he did that again too with one of the security guards, I think. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Dude, think about this. Blackpool Combat Club. You have an up-and-comer in Wheeler Yuta, who I didn't know shit from Shinola recently, and I got to say, like what I've seen so far. Uh, and then you have... <laughs> I just realized you did the throwback to Jerk. <laughs> you can be all right. Lord loves a working man. <laughs> John Moxley, Brian Danielson, which I know people aren't thrilled about them being thrown together. I can't say I am either, but think about that. And now you have Claudio Castagnoli. With William fucking Regal. Did you see the the, the promo hmm. photo they took? It, it was Regal, Claudio, and Moxley. And I think Wheeler was there too. Moxley's it was yep. right after the match. He's all bloodied. He's got the title. Give me more. I kind of wish Danielson was there just for the the picture. I know, right? You know, he's like he's like, nah, fuck all that noise. I'm gonna stay home with my wife and kids. Because he's Which that kind of funny. Guy. I don't know. Like, it's funny to me. I and I get it, but I'm like. You guys only do so many pay-per-views a year, and it's with all the Japanese guys. Like, wouldn't you want to be there to hang with all those guys at least that night? But Also, it could be that he's hung with them before and just didn't want to deal with it because he knew he couldn't compete. Yeah, that's, yeah that makes sense. It's Yeah, yeah I don't want to be there. It would make me too fucking sad that I can't even be in the ring right now. Well, we are just about halfway through the year, and I have something really big I need to bring to the table. <laughs> Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I gotta say, this is not to be a CM Punk mark and just kind of say what he said. It's shown all the way from January till right now. Dax Harwood is most likely got to be wrestler of the year when it comes to just wrestling. 
And not just because he came out with that injury afterwards, but how many guys would have just called it and said, Kalisto broke his fucking finger and was like, I can't go on. No, 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 no mas, no mas. And this guy, I mean, he's had tremendous matches from everybody now with New Japan, Ring of Honor, awesome matches on AEW Dynamite, both single and tag team. I don't think anybody's had a better wrestling year than Dax Harwood. I don't, I really, I don't think there's any one man that has had a better year than him, and that's awesome. That doesn't happen regularly for a tag team wrestler, but what I want you to guys know is we are living in the Dax Harwood era. This is our modern day Arn Anderson, the guy that goes out there and consistently will put on a good show. The decent promo doesn't have to be anything major that you go home with, but a solid promo. How many times do we watch Nitro and we're like, another solid promo by Double A. Just saying the same thing, you know, yep. just preaching what he does, but it's solid, never stumbles. His work speaks for itself. He is our modern day Arn Anderson. Appreciate what you got right now, man, because it's doesn't come along often. And JR said it. He's like, this is probably one of the best tag teams I've seen in the last 10 years. He said it on Dynamite the other night, and he ain't wrong. He ain't lying. He ain't lying. You know what? Just for your brother Nick growing out his hair, hit the music. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your Good thing he's not going to listen anyway. I wouldn't care. <laughs> so yeah, so All right. I bring it. What to, do you got? Yeah, my bring it to the table is, uh, man, AEW's got a little bit of an injury crisis going on right now. WWE ain't doing too good themselves though, uh, and it's affecting me. I have five wrestlers on my roster that are injured right now, and I'm going to get to them as I go through the list. I'm going to cut through these real quick. I'm going to run through it. You ready for this? Randy Orton. I was just curious, so thank you. Yeah, Randy Orton hurt his back. He's probably, I think he's having back surgery. He's going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, Rhea Ripley hit herself in the mouth with her own knee, taking a DDT, knocked some teeth loose, and gave herself a concussion. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. That's about as good as. Don't laugh, it ain't funny. It's like breaking your ankle, countering a wrist lock. Big E, obviously, his neck. Cody's pectoral. Uh, Adam Cole, we believe, has a concussion. Cody and Adam Cole, both on my roster. Uh, wait, Ome- wait, 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 wait. Big E hurt himself well, I'm th- long before. For posterity's sake, he's still out. You drafted him during that? No, he wasn't. These aren't all people on my team. These are just the injuries. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay, I was like, yeah. wow, why would you have drafted him, no. dude? That's stupid of you. No, Cody. Uh, I, so I mentioned Orton, Ripley, and Big E. I don't have any of them. Cody and Cole. I oh. Have. All right. Okay. So, so thank you. I'm sorry. The, all right. So rest of the list. Now we're in. Now we're in AEW territory. All right. I already did Adam Cole. So that's one. Omega's been out. Uh, he had uh, hernia, vertigo, knee problems, shoulder problems. Uh, so that's two. Brian Danielson. Uh, injury hasn't been disclosed yet. Uh, he's still not going to be at Blood and Guts though. Uh, CM Punk. Obviously, it's a foot injury. Anthony Bones has a knee injury. Scorpio Sky, who's on my roster and the current TNT championship, has a strained leg muscle. Layla Hirsch, who is also on my roster, end of the draft, 
torn ACL, so she's done. Darius Martin, undisclosed. The Bunny, undeclared. Who gives a shit? Jake Atlas, sidelined with a torn ACL. Bobby Fish, ankle injury. Kyle O'Reilly, haven't been revealed yet. Hardy, Matt Hardy, swollen knee. Jeff Hardy, I don't think we really need to go into. Sky Blue, not revealed, out since June 3rd. Red Velvet, on my roster. Lee Johnson, knee injury. Buddy Matthews, shoulder injury. Jungle Boy, shoulder injury. That's 19. Wow. It's a rough year. I can look at you. It's like wrestlers are making their own Black Wednesday. He's black? That's... Jesus. <laughs> Hang on. We'll get there. But, you know, I got to say, when it comes to the draft, what's great is that your first, this Sunday, they're doing a ad drop or drop ad where you can drop one person in an order and then draft again. But then, you know. I guess you could do as many as you need to or whatever. And Yeah, I need a clarification or... on that. Yeah, I don't know if it's one yeah. or you rotate or how it works. So. Like if, let's say, three rounds are done, can you still take three more in a row if you wanted to and just redo your whole roster? But you also got to remember, not many people are really left. You got to remember who the commissioner but you also is. Can... Yeah, there is that. Oh, you should yeah, watch the questions. You got to wait until. But draft number one comes to me. Draft number two goes to you. The I looked at my roster. There's someone I could drop. I don't think that Dax is going to be out too long for the rest of this oh, season. Yeah. And even so, you know, I, I got cash. But besides that, the best one I think I would drop, if anybody, is Chad Gable. He's the only one I'm like, meh, about. But I have first choice. The biggest pick anyone would know would be who Claudio right I may pull a swerve let this stable to keep alive man stable mates for life I think that's what I'm saying I think I'm just gonna drop Chad and pick up someone random like Nyla that Rose. is on dark maybe a little more or something like that yeah yeah and let you take Claudio because I don't need him I really don't I I, I got I guys who are on winning streaks yeah, no, that's, I'm you not know what, they're not going to anyway, get this far so. into our fucking show. They, yeah, I'm, I'm not catching We're 45 anyway. minutes in, they're not going to, oh no, <laughs> most, most people aren't. I'm like, nope. I have a fucking, like, three, 400 point lead right now. Yep. Yeah, but one guy did start catching up with Monday Night Raw's uh, Battle Royal, but. Yeah, you got 150. My luck is, we're going to have to have Battle Royals every week now, but hopefully on Dynamite only. Yeah, well, seriously. hey man, for the next couple of weeks, we may not hear from. Our boy, Nightwing, dealing with life. But we got to say from him, or to him, from us, we miss you. Can't wait for you to get back. And, uh, oh, yeah, this one's for you. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey folks, I'm Nightwing. I'm black. I just had to let you know. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? 
back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! Why, Ahmed? Why? I'm gonna start out with you. Why? Ask yourself why, white man. You know why. I did what I had to do. I came out here, I busted my butt, I tried to please these people, I tried to get my shot at the belt. You think they backed me up? Did y'all back me up for a belt? No. Don't who backed me up? The crew. My crew backed me up. Y'all didn't back me up. Why? Because I'm a black man. Did you back me up, Vince McMahon? When I came back from my injury, did you back me up for a shot at the belt? You were going to get your opportunity. I was, was. Yeah. Martin King was going to live another 10 years, but he didn't. He didn't because he tried to be nice and breathe peace, and he got shot down for trying to be nice. Is he doing a fair con? Is he dead? No. Why? Because he don't want to preach the peace. He preached like it is, by any means necessary. But I tell you what, you and your superhero, The Undertaker, I ain't got no respect for him no more. Any man that listens to another man is a low down, dirty slave dog. Piper, you've been around way too long. Judging by the size of your spine, by the backbone that you show, you must have one severe case. Osteoporosis. Gotta stop with that. Hey! Oh! Oh my goodness! You knew this would happen! So I have taken it upon myself to walk a path where no one else chooses to. I draw strength from the spirit of the dead. And that spirit of my mother, of my father, and of my little brother will strike you down, Paul Bear. Will strike you down. And now, members of the NWR, Sting has come down from the top of the MGM Grand. And Sting single-handedly has run up. Oh, who do, oh Kurt my, Hennig. my God, it's Kurt Hennig. Could that be the impact player? It's could, gotta could be. That be. Could that be Dallas Page's mystery partner? I don't know. I, I, I can, don't know. If there's any impact player in the world, Wait. it's Kurt Hennig. Raven's over the steel guardrail. Raven is out as well. Fans, we are out of time. We gotta go. It's wild. I'm
I have missed talking about the Monday Night Wars. And, you know, last week I did kind of make a mention that we were going to be doubling down on the wars because we had to do a quick little The Falling of VKM. Great logo, by the way. Uh, But we didn't want you to feel like you had to miss out on the wars by us skipping a week. So we're going to double down this week and do it a little bit different than we normally would. Now, last week, I did actually say Canadian Stampede. I was off. That's next week. Next week is Canadian Stampede. That's what we will be covering. But this week, we have two Raws and two Nitros, and let's keep the storyline moving as it goes. So uh, which one would you prefer going first, Raw or Nitro? I got Raw first in my notes, so we'll go with that. Love it. All right, Raw. June 23rd, 1997, we're in Detroit, Michigan. I tend to only write down the names of the cities when it's a pay-per-view or when it's a big city. Uh, I think the next one's in Des Moines, and I didn't even write it down. Uh, We start off with the Nation of Domination of the Ring. They're in Ring with Vince. Uh, Starts with Ahmed, who's asking why. He threatens the crowd. Ask yourself, white man, you know why. (laughs) Crowd didn't back me up for a belt because I'm a black man. Martin Luther, the king, is dead for trying to preach peace. But Farrakhan's not dead because he preaches the truth. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Prozac's a hell of mm-hmm. a drug. Mm-hmm. He calls Taker a dirty slave dog. Dilo gets on the mic, starts backing up on men. Farouk speaks to why he formed the new nation. Uh, he says uh, they're the most feared. The most feared threat is intelligent black men getting together for one cause. Uh, go back to Ahmed, tells Vince, if you cross your eyes at one of us again, you're going to wish you were never born. D'Lo gets on the mic again. They really gave D'Lo some mic time on this one. Uh, And then we see Crush and Reinforcements heading to the ring on motorcycles. They get in the ring and on the mic. You never fired me, punk, because I quit. And I'm going to introduce you to a real brotherhood. DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse. And it's a gang war. It's a drive-by, JR. <laughs> Jesus, the drive-by. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> Surprised he didn't say that at all during the nation. <laughs> so, um, one thing I got to say is that just recently I read an interview. Godfather said he thinks that if the nation, which was a heel stable at this time in 97... If it was just presented today, there's no way it could be a heel stable. Oh, no. It would be extremely popular and behind it. And I was like, true. Except we wouldn't have USA versus Canada. We would have black versus white. Yep, we can't do that anymore. We can't use that. The Hurt Business is probably as close as you're going to get. And they didn't mention race. I don't think you really can. This stuff here, it's just, as I'm watching it, like... I still can't believe they presented half this shit back in the day. It's just, but you know, then it's 2022 and where Vince is at nowadays. Okay, let's move on. Yep, there <laughs> you go. Uh, so later tonight, we're going to get Taker and Vader versus the Nation in a tag tournament match. Uh, we're also going to get Legion of Doom versus the Godwins in a triple threat intercontinental title match with Owen, Triple H, and Goldust. And to uh, bring back um, up to speed, <clears throat> if you guys don't remember, it's because Shawn Michaels didn't want to work in an unsafe environment, lost a little bit of hair and his smile. So the titles were technically vacated for, well, between 
Austin and himself. Even though Austin's still carrying it around. Yes. There you go. Uh, we get a quick promo from LOD backstage. Next, we get Rockabilly versus Ken Shamrock. I uh, get a quick recap of the Shamrock Austin confrontation slash alliance. And we get fucking Dan Severin on commentary, uh, who's currently the NWA heavyweight champion. I'm, I'm really surprised because I never realized that they openly spoke about the NWA title on Raw. This is the original Forbidden Door. Yeah. <laughs> That's a paralegal. Um, so Severin's there to speak about Shamrock. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're on a bit of a delay there, huh? <laughs> Nope, I'm not. Nope. Wait, hang on. Zoom is not on delay. My my brain was. It just took a second to exactly. register. Yeah, All right, that's what I'm I meant. good. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, Severin's there. You're kind of talking about Shamrock. Uh, they actually faced each other in the same building. Um, Severin won that match, but uh, previously they had fought, and Shamrock had won that one. Um. Vince has gone out of his way to protect the UFC, talking about how they've never had any major injuries, uh, stuff like that. They went on that for about 30 seconds a minute. Uh, Shamrock wins an ankle lop. Uh, ta- uh, Rockabilly taps in like one second. Honky tries to attack Shamrock with the guitar, uh, but he gets caught powders. Uh, Shamrock eyes Severin from the ring, kind of goes to f- commentary to do a face-to-face. You get the slow handshake. They shake, and there you go. Respect. Next we get a... We get a backstage promo from the Godwins uh, in their new heelish character. I, I'm sorry, I hate to use that word, but uh, Henry says, there ain't going to be no square dancing tonight, doing things our own way from now on. Uh, after that, we get a Sable video package, uh, basically focusing on Marrow's jealousy as of late. And next we get that tag tourney match between Godwins and LOD. Uh, they try to show at a replay of Henry's neck getting broken, and it takes them like three, four times before they actually get a shot of it. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Kevin Dunn's team. I want to know how mad Vince was getting during that. <laughs> oh, he was getting pissed. You know damn well. Oh, every time I see things like that, because I know he is, he likes a flawless program. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like any issues. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. And it kept, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> give up. Give up. Don't show the fucking clip. Say we can't find the clip. It's gone. Well, well, you know damn well he was pissed because that logo from last week where he was jumping off the steps, they cut away from that on the live show because they thought he was going to fall. Yep. You know he was pissed about that. He wanted that on camera. So, But they still got the shot. They can replay it. So, yeah, uh, they still have the slot bucket, but they're definitely acting a lot more heelish. Uh, the other semifinal match is going to be Headbangers versus uh, Bulldog and Owen, uh, and that's going to be tonight as well. Uh, Godwin's throw the slot buckets at LOD jumpstart to the match. Uh, Shamrock ends up getting Shamrock must be on, on commentary or no, I'm sorry. Shamrock's in the back gets attacked by the heart foundation. Uh, there was a botch on a reversal. Phineas went off the second turnbuckle and animal was way too far. It was really weird. Um, Yep, Hawk hits a clothesline from uh, the top for a pin. Godwin's beat down LOD afterwards. Heart Foundation uh, come down. They finish the job, and Brett watches from the ramp. So really just building. You're getting Godwin's that that heel heat. Uh, at the same time, you're just building towards Canadian Stampede because ultimately that's, that's the goal. Uh, we got Tommy Hearns at ringside. Professor, I know you like boxing a lot. Uh, could you uh, inform the crowd what Tommy Hearns' nickname is? 
Hitman. Hitman, indeed. Seven-time world champion, four different weight classes. One of my favorite bouts of all time is Thomas Hitman Hearns versus Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Mm. Three to four of the best rounds ever of just two guys who hated each other. Yep. Loved it. Yep. Yeah, it was cool to see him there. I forgot he was at ringside. I, it, that was one of the cool things on Raw is especially, you know, as the Attitude Era picks up, a lot of celebrities at ringside almost like every week. And Nitro does it as well. They try to show you the people there. And it's just kind of fun to see all the people way back in the day, especially like real young looking, like a young Rob Schneider at ringside. It's just and hey yeah we get uh if i'm not mistaken we get uh jim kelly and bruce smith at a nitro oh we sure do it's gonna happen soon oh yep. yeah all right uh, next we get paul bearer and undertaker backstage bearer's still running the show taker has enough grabs uh, paul bearer by the throat vader ends up running and he grabs him by the throat and they kind of just break it up uh, next, we get Owens backstage. He's pissed off about the IC title match because it's a conspiracy. It's all a bunch of bull crap. He's fighting two Americans on American soil. Uh, but he says he has a big surprise. Uh, and we get a promo uh, from Stone Cold about his new VHS tape. Next, we get Flash Funk versus Sabu. Uh, Flash does a really crappy pre-tape on Sabu. We get Paulie on commentary. Uh, he brought, he, he actually mentions, he goes, I brought some ECW highlights to show you what Sabu can do. Uh, so they run that package real quick. We don't get to 60 seconds before a table comes out. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't even hide it. They're just like, yeah, we're going for it. Uh, Paulie calls out Bischoff and, and says that Bischoff would tell you that pubic enemy invented the table spot. And Paulie credits Sabu thought that was cool as shit. Cause Paulie didn't get it. Yeah. He just went for it. So I wonder if that pissed off Vince. <laughs> Vince is probably I wonder pissed if he, <laughs> I bet he got the okay from Vince. You on think that he did? One. Yeah, you know totally. what? It's true because they did have. I mean, at this point, ECW pretty much is a farm system. It was yep. pretty much their NXT. They had a really good working relationship. Yep. And to be honest with you, the way it should be if you are really wanting to contract wrestlers, mm -hmm. you know, I mean. We're calling like not to get too off track, but we're calling this the Forbidden Door this past weekend. Then what the fuck happened at uh, Ring of Honor in New Japan, Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. three, four years ago? Yep. You know, it's like, this isn't the first time it's happened that people are doing it. Tony Khan's trying to make it like it's a very first it's a time dig. ever. But but I think it's more of a dig at WWF. That's def or WWE. That's definitely what it is. Sure. So, But um, back then, that's the point, is that they were. Maybe they're not now, but right. they did with ECW. Well, they also had... Uh, Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, and Paul White all on Cena on Raw to congratulate Cena. Very true. Yeah. Very, very true. So it's obviously that they're not against it. And they had Mickey James as an Impact World Champion. So they'd have, but it, but it has to be the right people. I mean, these are all names, right? So sure. uh, they're definitely going to do that. So. All right, yeah, we'll swing back into Raw. My bad. Yeah, let's swing back into Raw. No, that, that was a good tangent, though. Good tangent. Uh, Flash hits a moonsault and must have, like, landed right on Sabu's wrist. Because while he Sabu's getting counted, he's grabbing his wrist and, like, shaking. It must have got, like, a stinger or something. That was fucked up. Uh, I don't know what this was. It was a countout or a DQ. It was something. It just ended. Sabu it was an ECW match. Yeah. Sabu hits the springboard moonsault with Flash on the table, and it doesn't break. 
So then he just goes for a regular splash off the apron. Still didn't break. Then he does a leg drop, and it finally fucking breaks, sort of. The table itself didn't break. The fucking leg went out. They, they forgot to gimmick the table or something. I don't know. Um, and Sabu leaves to the crowd throwing chairs. You could tell he was pretty fucking pissed off because it took him three tries just to get the spot. And three tries and it. his wrist is injured or whatever else. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. was a rough outing on Raw for him. Yeah, seriously. And you're talking Come on, about guys. I'd rather just too. jump off the letter and let it be all wobbly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, next, we get Bulldog versus Mankind. Mankind comes out. He has a sign around his neck. It says, pick me, Steve, with an arrow pointing mm-hmm. up at him. He's wearing an Austin shirt. He dedicates his efforts in the ring tonight to the toughest SOB in the WWF, a man to call my friend Stone Cold Steve Austin. Pick me, Steve! <laughs> Getting funnier and funnier every week. At first, he keeps the sign on while he's wrestling, so that's fucking hilarious. We get Austin on a phone call on commentary. Never call me a collect again, McMahon. <laughs> then Austin says, yeah, real quick, I want to give a shout out to my brother. He was stepped on by a bull. I'm not worried about his health, but he owes me $30. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it was a good one. Because you don't see it coming. You're like, oh, no, his brother... Oh, <laughs> I liked it. Uh, uh, Bulldog hits a low blow. Ref doesn't see it. Gets a chair attacks. Mankind. It was a fucking brutal headshot. It was a DQ. Mm-hmm. Then he gives him another headshot from the side. <laughs> a headshot from the side. So, you know, just make sure you hit all parts of the skull just in case he didn't get an embolism the first time. Uh, well, you got to bull- even it out. Oh, absolutely. Balance, you know. Uh, Bulldog starts posing, but Mankind gets in, gets up and locks in the claw, but Bulldog's able to powder. So there's that. Man, those fucking headshots, man. Uh, so <laughs> I love this segment. We're backstage. It's Gorilla Monsoon. He's with Owen, Bulldog, Pillman, Goldust, Marlena, Triple H, and China. And basically, Owen's pissed off saying, hey, you got these guys going out here with these broads. I want Pillman in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) These broads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. After that, we get get a, a, a video package just about the history of the Intercontinental Championship. We had an hour or two. And Pat Patterson is the guest ref for the IC title match, which would make sense because Pat Patterson was the very first Intercontinental Champion. Mm-hmm. He won it at a tournament that didn't take place. So we've got Triple H versus Goldust versus Owen. Uh, they've all held the title at one point, so that's kind of cool. Uh, we got two heels and one face as far as triple threats. Not a bad setup. Uh, so Goldust gets a pin on Owen, but his foot was on the rope, and it's a dusty finish. I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that was his call. I mean, it can't be just pure coincidence that Dusty's son. Right. Dusty finish, you know? So. It's a good call. I, th- I thought it was cool. Hey, you've been weeping each and every week about your dad. How about we do a Dusty finish? <laughs> just throw that little jab in there. Right. Uh, Hebner's the first one in to point it out to Pat Patterson, who was acting as ref. Patterson shoves Pillman down at one point, which is hilarious. And Monsoon comes down, and he's you know he's pointing to the Tron because they're doing the replay up there. They do end up restarting the match. 
Uh, we get Owen and Triple H on the floor. Patterson's down there with him. Pillman tries to get involved. China goes into the ring and hits Goldust with a nice Rana. I got to give it to China. I don't think I've ever seen her do mm-hmm. one of those, man. It's fucking nasty. Uh, Owen pins Triple H. Goldust comes off the top. Owen sees him, rolls off, lets him hit it. And Pillman holds back Goldust while Owen gets the pin back and gets the three count. That doesn't happen often or nearly as often as it should where someone's going to jump off. You always see them, they get the hit. Be cognizant of everybody around you, man. If you jump out of the way, they hit that guy, it's an extra hit. Push him out of the way, you got it. I loved it. It was perfect. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, Next, we get Brent and Anvil in the ring with Vince. They do the promo on Canadian Stampede. Uh, He references Vince talking about the UFC the ultimate fairy championships. Jesus. <laughs> uh, speaking of thieves, there's a guy out here that calls himself the Hitman. Uh, naturally, Vince points him out. Uh, Brett calls him out. You stole my name. Why don't you come into this ring and prove yourself? I think you're the Chicken Man. Ah, sick burn. Uh, <laughs> you're the Chicken Man. <laughs> Hearns rushes into they cut, the ring for the- It's funny, people. I'm like, <laughs> where have I heard that? And I'm like, oh, if you watch like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, they call mm-hmm. uh, Gustavo Fring the Chicken Man. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense than Thomas Hitman Hearns, who's one of the better boxers of all time. Which is crazy that you know Hitman Hearns started boxing in probably mid '70s, and Brett, you know, wasn't really a main name in wrestling until. Mid eighties, yeah, mid to late, yeah, yeah. So oh, that's the whole you're the chicken up. man, chicken yeah. man. Uh, they square up in the ring. He takes down Anvil with a couple shots, and it's a pull apart. Not much to go. I, they they must have been short for they had extra time or something. Um, <clears throat> we get the nation backstage. Uh, Vega confronts Farouk and gets his ass beat. Farouk beats him with a belt like a stepchild. It was like, like, hey, we really want to push the Savio Vega guy. Let's go and have him beat the shit out of him like they owe him money or didn't clean his room. Uh, Next, we get our, uh, I think this is either the first week or the second week that we've been doing the uh, light heavyweight division uh, on Raw. Uh, So we get Scott Taylor versus Brian Christopher. Uh, We do get a Brian Christopher pre-tape. Uh, we get Lawler on commentary for this one. Obviously, it's his son who's putting him over, and he's talking shit about ECW. JR asks what Brian got him for Father's Day. <laughs> Referencing Paulie's comments from last week where he basically said, yeah, yep. he doesn't want to acknowledge you at all. It was a great... Scott, and what's great, you have, and you didn't you know, mention this yet, but Scott Taylor, again, Scotty too hottie, and you yeah. got... It's two cool facing off against each other in June of 1997. Just kind of cool because, I mean, they don't become a tag team with each other, I think, till not even like 2000. 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I like watching these. Like, it's kind of like the first time we saw Triple H and Mankind face off on Raw. We're like, this is fun. And just seeing these guys together. But the main focus, yes, is the Brian Christopher being Lawler's kid and they're trying to. Work shoot around it for fun. Oh, 100%. No, it's definitely a work shoot. Um, you know, another a cool thing that's coming up here is uh, Cornette. We get Cornette's going to start having some vignettes where it's basically like, uh, you know, my name's Jim Cornette, and that's just my opinion. 
You know, these are my favorite things. Yeah. I they they made some of our references and uh, sound bites in several episodes before. I love that. Yep. So, so yeah, it's cool to start seeing that form and uh, you know see where it came from. Uh, all right, next we get Vader and Bear backstage, and uh, he's mumbling, "Remember the fire." Uh, then we get Nation, uh, consisting of D'Lo and Farouk for the match versus Taker and Vader. Uh, Med's not at ringside. He injured his knee. Uh, he's watching the match backstage. Naturally, this, the DOA comes to ringside. It turns into a three-way brawl on the floor. There's no DQ. The match just continues to go on. Uh, Bearer runs down Taker while he's on the apron. He's doing it for the whole match. He's just talking shit to him. Uh, Vader starts arguing with Undertaker. Uh, Taker clocks Vader. Uh, the nation gets the pin. Taker's in the ring. Bearer's screaming at him, goes to leave, and Vader attacks. Undertaker fights him off, hits the tombstone, points at Bearer. Bearer powders. Taker heads to the back. You hear Bearer on the mic say, hey, dead man, you've made your casket. Next week you're going to lie on it. I'm going to tell your secret. Taker points at Bearer, does the throat slice, and we're off the air. Sorry, I rambled through that just because, I mean, there wasn't really, you know. Pretty sure. No, that's, there we go. So, that is uh, week one of what we missed. Now, the most recent week of Monday Night Raw. This will be June 30th. I think this is the one they're in Des Moines. Uh, we get, you know, we ended the show with Bearer and Taker. We're going to start with a video package, just recapping everything that happened with them. First match of the night, Ken Shamrock versus Triple H with China. Uh, we get a pre-tape from Triple H. Uh, you know, fucking Earl Hebner, man. Back, you know, refs back in the day, this was like the end of refs being true badasses. And they did this mm-hmm. with Hebner a lot. I love it. Breaks up Triple H in the corner, shoves him off twice. Hebner just grabs his fucking ponytail and pulls him off. It was fucking fantastic. Uh, one point, Shamrock goes over the top. China throws him into the steps. Mankind comes out. Triple H gets distracted. Shamrock hits the head uh, over overhead belly to belly for the win. Uh, and Triple H powders to the back before Mankind can get to him. We get teasing of Paul Bearer's secret. Uh, then we head to a recap of Ahmed joining the new nation, the formation of DOA. We get an Ahmed pre-tape. He's injured, but he's coming back for tape, Taker. Next, I feel like this wasn't the introduction, uh, but they they definitely pointed it out on commentary. So W so Vince says, and uh, backstage one of our new analysts or whatever, uh, Michael Cole is with the Legion of Doom. That is his very first ever appearance. It is okay. on Raw in the WWF at all. Little old Michael Cole. Fucking fantastic. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yes. Uh, it's just a promo on the tag tourney. They're going to be facing the, facing the Nation of Domination. Then we go to the SummerSlam Million Dollar Challenge promo with Sonny. Bunch of money in a casket. And a bunch of money in Sonny's cleavage. And you get to, if you win, you get to do her in the casket. And all the money is so you can get rid of all the syphilis. <laughs> Avoid the clap. <laughs> Speaking of nation versus LOD, that's what we get next. Again, it's D'Lo and Farouk. Uh, Godwin's around the ramp. Uh, just keeping an eye on LOD. Uh, we do a doomsday device. Henry hits a hawk with the slot bucket and Farouk gets the pin. He's not even the legal man. So... You know, heels get the win over LOD. Everybody wants to see LOD win. We're going to get the nation instead. They go to the finals. <clears throat> They'll face either the Headbangers or Owen and Bulldog. 
So Farouk calls McMahon into the ring afterwards, uh, after LOD chases Godwin's backstage, and says, "If Ahmed's injured, who should be the next? Who should be next in line for the title shot? It's Vader, because he's a white man. Should be someone in the nation." Vince says, "Let's talk another about another white man." Crush. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, he said it. I could say it. (laughs) Farouk calls DOA the disciples of the Undertaker. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, And then we get Savio on the ramp, tells Farouk to shut up. Only took me out because I was alone. I'm here to get revenge, and I didn't get fired. I quit. Go ahead and Farouk says, go ahead and bring your jalapeno picking ass into the ring. Yo, I'm not even cringing. I'm like shaking throughout watching this whole thing. It's just like, can we up any more? Like, I don't want to say this, but are they going to go there? Are they going to hit it? Are they going to hit it hard? <laughs> you know. All right, yeah, on. you never know. Wait, you still got probably what? About 10 years before Vince does that on live TV? I was just going to say when Vince does it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Savio brings his new crew out. Uh, DOA comes out after, and we just get a three-stable brawl. Uh, you get police and uniform How come the one guy the didn't take his uh, sweater off while wrestling? <laughs> Miguel Perez. I know. I know you like to focus on it. Uh, we've actually covered it. Uh, I know. So we, we get Michael Cole backstage uh, again. He's trying to get a word with LOD, but they've left. And instead, he gets Savio Vega in his new stable, which he says is Los Boricuas. Uh, and the best part of this promo is Michael Cole is just getting freaked out about a five Puerto Rican dudes just screaming around him. <laughs> this is day one. I can't work here. I can't do this. <laughs> I wish Cesaro would hug me like he hugged Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> oh, God, oh Jesus. Fantastic. And right after this, I wish we could get this as a screen cap. You just get a nice down blouse shot of Sunny. Dear Lord. It was basically just a backstage thing of her new photo shoot, which is I could get weird. you a movie or a DVD if you yeah, really want no, to see that. No, I don't want to see that. No, 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 no. Uh, and the great thing about this photo shoot is it's a lot of candid shots with Brian Pillman, which, you know, no, Pillman, nice hard boiled, you know, yeah, yeah, Pillman had it both ways. Uh, next we get Scott Putzky versus Brian Christopher, another lightweight division match. They do a quick video package on Ivan Putzky, obviously Scott's father and Lawler, who knows Ivan Putzky just ran him down the whole time. Lawler at one point gets on the apron to interfere and Christopher takes advantage but accidentally knocks Lawler off the apron. And Lawler did, you know, the, the ring apron slash table spot. It was a table, you know, where you go hands first. So, you know, it looks like you're... Mm-hmm. Dude, Lawler did the face plant from Ace Ventura after he drank from the water fountain. And it's halftime. <laughs> That's fucking what Lawler did. <laughs> halftime! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Lawler did, dude. It looks fucking horrible. Uh, but Lawler gets back involved. He pulls Putzky's leg. Christopher gets the roll up. And, uh, yeah, they just double team him. They actually hit a spike pile driver. I thought that was pretty cool. Lawler cuts a promo. He goes, tell your father the only good thing that came from Poland was an empty boat. Jeez. 
<laughs> Jesus. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that when you were taking the set. My bad. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, we get footage from Austin's VHS uh, tape that they've been hawking. It's really cool, though, because apparently they have footage from ECW when it was cutting all those promos when he was injured. And he cut some fucking great promos during that time. Yeah, the one that yep. they showed was him making fun of Hulk Hogan. He was dressed up as the the huckster, I think. Is what he yep. Uh, good stuff. Good shit. Uh, we got another Taker pre-tape. Speaking of the fans asking for an opportunity to give his side. They tease a match for Canadian Stampede, the great Sasuke versus Taka Michinoku. No shit. I did not know that. I don't think I knew that that match happened there. Got to be honest, I've watched Canadian Stampede's main event easily 10 times in my life. Oh, I'm sure. I don't think I've watched the rest of the pay-per-view. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I think I've watched one match. I think it was uh, Triple H and Mankind. But other than that, this is all going to be brand new to me this week. Awesome. Yeah, I yeah I can't I I I'd probably the same way with you. I know the main event. I don't really know anything else. So yeah, hopefully it's good. All right, so uh, we get Brian Pillman versus Mankind. It's they mention him being fired from his announce Pillman. I'm sorry. They mention that Pillman's been fired from his announcing job on Shotgun Saturday for pulling a fan over the barricade. <laughs> uh, hmm. He apologizes for it, and then he says. I'm going to show Marv Albert and Mike Tyson what it's like to take a bite out of the human anatomy. (laughs) Wow. Extremely topical (laughs) because just like that weekend before was when Tyson bit Holyfield. That was it. That was around that exact time. Wow. Good for him. The boxers are getting a lot of love in the last couple of weeks. You got, I know, right? Chicken man. And then he got the ear out of, wow, Pillman, this is great. Good stuff. Mankind has his pick me uh, Steve sign again. Uh, he's got a present for JR. He wants to apologize for attacking him. JR's like, oh, no, no, you don't have to do that. It's a mold of Mankind's hand in the mandible claws, mandible claw shape with the actual, like, you know, glove on. That's what it is. <laughs> You'd later recognize the same hand as Mark Henry's child, but I mean that's a different story altogether. They um, use the same one. That's cool. <laughs> Recycle. Um, Pillman jumps mankind, grabs the mold, and he goes to use it on Jr. He goes to fucking give him the mandible claw with the hand, and Jr. I literally at this point second. was like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> the loose cannon, man. <laughs> It's not as great as him and Heenan, but, you know, he, you know. You no, at least Bobby. this one was a little more planned. <laughs> the fuck exactly. are you doing? Way, way <laughs> more planned. Yeah, I know, right? Um, we get Austin backstage talking about Mankind campaigning to be his partner, says he sucks. And we get China and Triple H on the ramp. Pillman uses the ring bell, starts biting the good ear again. Man, Mankind locks in the claw, but Triple H goes to interfere, gets the claw on him. China distracts the ref. Pillman takes off the boot, uses it on Mankind. Uh, Triple H goes to use a chair, uh, hits Pillman instead. Mankind runs off Triple H and China, and it's a countout. So not the greatest ending to the match. A lot of shenanigans going on, but at least we got to see Pillman. It's true. I didn't uh, see many the- of his wrestling matches since he's gotten back, so it's about time. Oh, shit, right? Exactly. Uh, next, we're heading into hour two, but right before that, Paul Bearer is teasing the secret, and that's how we start. 
Baron's about to get in the ring and some lady in a black dress rushes him. It did not seem to be planned. But the best uh, part is... Oh, it did not look planned at all. Yeah. And, and like, the thing is, like, Barry actually fell over at one point. And the best part is McMahon's no selling it. You know he's got to be super pissed off deep inside, but he no sold it. He's like, okay, all right, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. JR, JR sold it great, though, because he goes, oh, I assume it's one of those creatures in the night. Yeah, good, good cover-up. But to <laughs> me, I think it was a... Uh, they, they had no other camera to go to. You know what I mean? Like, none of the yeah. other ones were probably ready because they... So, like now they have like 47 different camera angles that Ugh, they could use back then in this exact spot where they were. The other option is just showing a crowd. And I bet you every other cameraman was not ready. They're like, ah, no, he's right there. They're going to be showing him right now. What else would be showing? They did not expect that, that point or that uh, exact thing to happen. So it was fun to watch. Good shit. <laughs> One of those creatures of the night. Uh, Bear just goes on this long thing. 20 years, funeral home on a hill, oak trees around, a wonderful family. Uh, he's basically just going over how the Undertaker's family, uh, they, they own a funeral home. And you know, the father was the mortician. Bear was his apprentice. Uh, came back from school one night, saw fire trucks and ambulances, saw Taker in the bushes, calls him a murderer. And then we get the lightning and thunder before we go to the break. So, Taker, by the way, it's this is uh, fucking June. We only have all the way till fucking October for this to keep going. I know. That's why I'm getting thrown off because I'm pretty sure. I thought that it was a little later that this all happened. I didn't realize he started in the middle of fucking spring. And I'm like, I get to hear this story every week. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm interested to see how they postpone it this long. Uh, Yeah. So next we get Sable and Mero. Now they're in front of the casket full of money. Sable's strutting. Mero's not pleased. Uh, And they give a clue on how to win and. Clue number one is Triple H dropping off his car to a valet. And clue number one is the key. Okay. I got to say, this is one of the most interesting things. I'm, I'm fucking enthralled. The suspense is killing me. I hope it'll last. Next, we get the Headbangers versus Owen and the Bulldog in the uh, tag tourney semifinals. We get Brett on the phone. He's talking about the 10-man tag. Headbangers go for the finisher, and Bulldog crotches one of them. Owen rolls up the other for a quick three. This is this whole thing was cluster fuckery. One of the headbangers just starts beating down Owen, but Owen doesn't sell it. Bulldog sees what's going on, just goes in the ring and does a flip and then goes to break it up. It was fucking weird. Then we hear Cuz it was at- it was two two wrestlers versus yeah, two schmuck headbangers. Yep. Yeah, but we hear Cornette. He's on the ramp and he says he has a tag team that didn't get there in time for the tournament. Blows a whistle, and one hits a flying headbutt, but looked like they fell off the top and almost broke their leg. And the other hits a moonsault. Bro, I- I'm gonna expose my ignorance. I have no idea who. I thought it was Viscera at first, but Viscera's like the size of two of those guys together. Who the fuck are these guys? Let it wait. Let it wait till next week. Because it was fucking terrible. It was bad. It was bad. The best part, I don't think it's going to last. If I'm <laughs> not mistaken, God he's going to come in with another set of guys. Uh, I know who the other guys are. Yeah, but this, uh, this I feel like it was one-off. I don't even. I didn't even recognize him myself. Yeah, they tried. I'm going to have to write into the, to Corny's drive-thru and fucking see if he'll answer the question. 
Motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, we go backstage. Well, it's probably a pre-tape, but it's Taker. He's speaking to the accusations of Paul Bearer. Says, it's true. My family for- burned to death in the funeral home. Uh, they were playing with matches, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this thing was so, so long. I, I, you know, I took notes. I'm not even going to fucking read them. It was so long-winded. Basically him saying it wasn't him. Uh, next we get Rockabilly versus Monkey <laughs> Time. I'm sorry. Well, that took a that, – that was a – good part of the night yeah i, I gotta say I, you know My the bad, story he, he, he defended himself rockabilly versus vader taker runs in 30 seconds into the match and brawls with vader uh, bears yelling murderer the whole time taker slaps him dude he slapped bear that was a fucking bitch slap and a half and he says i'll kill you if you don't tell the truth uh, this is where we get it this is where bear tells undertaker kane is alive uh and yeah then uh, you know Vader jumps Taker. Vader and Bear take off. So yeah, we're we're in June, end of June, and we've got a while. So three months. We'll Yay. see where it goes, or how it gets there. Anyway, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. <laughs> well, fuck! This journey's <laughs> taking a long ass time. <laughs> We get Anvil and Austin in our main event. We got Shamrock watching in the back. There's a sign on the hard cam, which, and you got to figure, this is 97, so it's very possible. I mean, it's certainly possible. There was a sign on the hard cam, and it was an IP address to get an RF feed of the show. I didn't see that. Yeah, fucking fantastic. I love it. Because back then it probably was that simple. Like, oh, just go to the, you know, here's the IP. You can get a feed of the show. Fantastic. Interesting. No, didn't even catch that. Wow. I did not even catch that sign. You know, I'm a nerd, so, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. Anvil couldn't take a Thez press to save his fucking life. You know, the Thez press, Austin just runs and jumps at you and brings yep. it down and just starts fucking rolled him off almost. It was fucking brutal looking. Austin goes. It's like a weird stumble. Right yeah, Austin goes for a sharpshooter. I what I did like about this was Anvil shoved him off like fuck. No, you're not using his move. I like that. Uh, Shamrock's backstage still watching the match and it gets jumped by Brett. I love it. Pat Patterson goes to break it up. Like he literally just guys stop, stop, come on. <laughs> Doesn't do anything. Uh, Brett ends up interfering in the match. Austin tries fighting. You know the foundation off. Doesn't work. We get a figure four on the post spot. Mankind makes the save, gives the claw to Brett, but Brett still got the figure four on. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. Uh, and that's how we go off. That is two weeks worth of Raw. That is two weeks worth of Raw. Holy shit. Man. Deep breath. On to Nitro. <laughs> Can we take another break? Jesus. <laughs> All right. Nitro, 623. I'm amazed I remember the date. We get a recap of last week's main event, which was Giant and Luger and Hogan and Rodman. We open with Gene on the ramp. He's with DDP and Kimberly. Uh, so DDP is going to have a mystery partner. They're going to be facing Savage and Hall at Bash at the Beach. DDP says he loves surprises. Says, come Bash at the Beach. I got a surprise for Savage and Hall. Kimberly says she hates surprises. So she made a call to J.J. Dillon and the board and made a match between DDP and Scott Hall tonight. Next, we get La Parca and Damien versus Pubic Enemy. Guess what I did? And guess what happened? Fast forward. 
They lost. I skipped through the match, and there was a and there was a table spot. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Of course, there was. We get Mean Gene. We get Mean Gene on the ramp with Eddie Guerrero. I did like this segment. Uh, Gene brings up sending Chavo into the ring to fight his battle, Eddie's battle. And he says, "Hey, I'm a stand-up guy. I wouldn't do that to my cousin. I offered that opportunity to Chavo." Now, Chavo says, I wouldn't really say I volunteered. And Eddie says, you know what? I got a title match against six. I'm going to give it to you. I already cleared it with J.J. Dillon. I'm going to watch your back. The Eddie we know and love, this is him taking form right here, man. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, Next, we get Alex Wright versus Chris Jericho. Last match, Wright won with his feet up on the ropes. Uh, This time, Jericho reverses into his new finisher. Uh it's halfway between the lion tamer and the walls. It's not really a, a full lion tamer. It's not really a full Boston crab. You know what I mean? It's kind of that halfway. Uh, I've always loved that move. Uh, Jericho gets the win. Uh, next, we get the Steiners versus Harlem Heat. This is probably the 50th time we've seen this match doing this. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> man. Uh, Scott and Booker always start off. and I mean, honestly, it is the way to start it off. Those are the two you want. Uh, Signers went on a botchy finish. Rick was on the top rope, and Booker tried to catch him, but he reversed it into a bulldog. I mean, it really seemed like that was the spot they were going for. It just didn't come off right. Uh, Steiners are now the number one contenders for the tag titles. We get Gene on the ramp again. We get Buff, Bagwell, Scott Norton, and Vincent showing up. Buff says, it looks like Scott's arms have atrophied. Okay, bro. Uh... <laughs> Norton and Buff, I didn't know, had a tag team name. They're vicious and delicious. We don't care, and we ain't scared. Thank God for short-lived things. Jesus. (laughs) I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, like I said, hopefully it's short-lived. Uh, Steiners head up the ramp and uh, basically say they want a shot for the titles next week when they're in Vegas. Uh, we get Mike Tanay ringside talking about Ernest Miller. Uh, they invited Mike Tanay to his private training session, and we get a video package. It's going to be, and he's going to be making his debut in hour two. Um, isn't this weird? Yeah, Glacier, you got Ernest Cat Miller, two legit martial artists. And meanwhile, over in WWE, you got Ken Shamrock and Dan Severin. Yep. When you mentioned that earlier, I was like, it's not the only hmm. company that's going to be doing this right now. Hey, yep. Kind of funny. Don't you think? They got real people. We need real people. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Next, we get Hector Garza versus Villano for they're hyping up Garza's corkscrew plancha. And he does it, but he completely bricks. He completely yep. bricks. All that build up for nothing. And Garza gets the win. Uh, we get Gene and Ring introducing Luger and the Giant. Luger looks like he's wearing a picnic tablecloth as a shirt. And uh, it's a standard promo from both of them. We had an hour or two, and we get that cruiserweight title match between Chavo and Six. Six is in control most of the match. Chavo does get a hope spot, uh, but rest counting Chavo while he's on the floor, and Hull hits the outsider edge. Eddie's on the ramp watching and disgust doesn't do anything. Uh, you know, Chavo's out, dead out, but Six still locks in the buzz kill, and that's how he gets the win. So basically, you're just like, oh, yeah, you had his back, but you just stood there and you just watched the whole time. So naturally. Uh, next, we get Conan versus Mongo. 
Morris comes to the ring with a broom handle. He gets stopped by security, and Mongo wins with a tombstone. I kind of resent Mongo using a tombstone. I don't like that. I just kind of resent Mongo as a wrestler. Yeah, fair enough. There's that, we'll too. We'll move on. Yeah, but we're not supposed to make fun of him. He's dead, remember? Uh, next, we get a promo. He didn't die. <laughs> he's black? No, wait, he's not. <laughs> okay, move on. We get a Benoit Sullivan uh, pre-tape package. It's, it mostly focuses on Benoit. They got a match again coming up at Bash at the Beach. Uh, next, we get Gene in a ring with Piper. This uh, I've got a lot of notes on this. This is something else here. Uh, Gene wonders if something is askew with Piper and Flair, and Piper's here to do what he does best, and that's making bacon. I'm closer to Mr. Freeze than Batman. When I'm good, I'm good. When I'm bad, I'm better. <laughs> Did he just have like 10 or 15 different lines he was thinking about using and seeing which ones I he could guess, remember in a I row? Guess so, man. I mean, uh, he's here to clear up the rumor. When I'm Swiss, you're <laughs> cheese. When I'm peanut butter, I'm jelly. Salmon, oh, <laughs> tuna fish. <laughs> so he's there to clear up the rumors. Never order BLT from my store. Trust me. <laughs> Oh, excellent. He says, you know why Flair dates two women at once? So when he falls asleep, they have someone to talk to. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, let's see. Flair comes to the ring. He says, listen, my decision to chase six out of the building was in everyone's best interest. Flair says, yeah. And Flair tells him, you know, Piper, you were out there floating around the Caribbean with Jenny McCarthy. Lucky. <laughs> Wish I was single. <laughs> Mongo, Benoit, and Deborah head to the ring. Flair says, this is what I was trying to avoid. And, you know, naturally in a situation like this where you're building this dissension and who's playing what side of the fence, the best thing to do is put Deborah on the mic first, which is what happens. Uh, Ma- Listen, y'all. <laughs> Pretty much. Mongo starts pointing at Piper. Listen up, pal. Uh, they do the skirt reference. Points and pushes him again. Flair says... I'm standing with Piper. Benoit tells Piper he's been around too long. Piper just attacks Benoit and Mongo. Flair does the stomp where he's stomping around, stammering and his head pissed off, which is great. Goes after Piper, but Piper just hits him back. Mongo eventually uses the Halliburton on Piper. Benoit locks in the crossface. Flair joins in in the beatdown. Okay, well, that alliance was short-lived and over already. Mm Mm-hmm. Can never trust uh, Flair. Can never trust him. Dirtiest player in the game. Dirtiest. Pl- I was yeah, just gonna say dirtiest player, player for a reason. Uh, next we get Glacier and Ernest Miller versus High Voltage. Uh, Glacier and Ernest Miller win. Mortis and the ring come uh, to yeah. the ring afterwards, uh, but they they get held off, so nothing really happens. I will say Ernest Miller did have that nice spinning heel kick off the top rope. That was pretty badass. Pretty badass. Looked good. Uh, next we get a badass Billy Blanks. We got a Hogan Rodman video package, and then we get our main event: DDP versus Scott Hall. Macho and Liz are ringside, so DDP sends Kimberly to the back. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page goes for the cutter. Macho interferes, and that's a DQ and a beatdown because that's how every fucking Nitro ends. We get Sting in the crowd. Wow, this is the best part. This is the best part. This is how this is how so stupid wrestling is sometimes. Sting's <laughs> in the crowd, just pointing the bat at him. Right. He's not even the lower section or on the floor. You know, he's like in between the 100 and 200 level. Macho's at the top rope about to hit an elbow, looks up at Sting. He's like, 
fuck are you going to do from there? And just hits three elbow drops before Sting even makes it to the fucking ring. I, good for him. Like, that's what you should have been doing all this time. Be like, well, you're just going to stand there and watch this. <laughs> good for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Macho just... Uh, so, yeah, Hall and Macho are surrounding the ring. Sting's in the middle of the ring with the bat. Macho goes to the top, flies off. Gut shot to him. Hall runs in. He gets a bat to the ribs, and that's how we go off the air. And that is how you wrap up week one of Nitro. <laughs> Three down. Four to go. Let's do it. Out of four, let's go for the home stretch. We're in Las Vegas for this one, June 30th. We got Gene in the ring with Ric Flair. This was another weird one, and Gene made it as usual. Uh, Flair's got two ladies following him, you know, dressed up to the nines, looking really nice. They've got a mannequin dressed up in a kilt and an eye and a Scottish hat and the whole garb, and they're playing Piper's music. Gene gets on the mic and says. Rick, maybe I can help you with the two young ladies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a lot. Best opening line for Mean Gene ever. <laughs> well, you're going to get the best closing line because of all the shit that happened in this promo, I only wrote down one more line. The girls start giving him the woman treatment. One's pulling off his jacket. The other's trying to undo his high. Ladies, my mother-in-law is watching. <laughs> My mother-in-law. <laughs> I swear. I swear Gene Okerlund is, is fucking. Oh, my God. I just spaced on his name. Mel More Brooks. of a gem He's than we Mel ever Brooks gave him credit for, He's man. Mel Brooks' long-lost cousin or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's hysterical. Ladies, my mother-in-law is watching. <laughs> She's fucking fantastic. Uh, next, one. we get Juventud Guerrero versus Jericho. Jericho apparently won the Cruiserweight title at, a, at an event on Saturday. So that happened. Okay. Wasn't even uh, Saturday night's main event, just an yep. event. Yep. It was some weird event. Yep. It was the show that Eric Bischoff doesn't want you to see. It was like NWO was at a disadvantage, so they couldn't air the tape. And it was this whole weird thing that they didn't sell very well. Uh, Jericho wins with his new move again. Uh, it's called out as a new move this time, uh, but they don't give it a name yet. I uh, guess an in-ring promo with Gene post-match, and Six comes out, and Six, the, the worst heelish promo ever. You didn't beat anything until you went back to your hotel room, pal. <laughs> and the best part is Jericho. It's a night of one-liners. <laughs> it was actually a good one. The best one. part is Jericho just backs up and goes. <laughs> it's fucking great. And Six, is, his whole promo was, I'm still the champ, even though you think you won. So Pal. they brawl, they go back, they go to a break, they come back from the break, and it's just getting broke up. Gene's ringside with Alex Wright. This is fucking hilarious because Alex Wright starts cutting a promo, and, you know, we don't get to hear promos from him often, and Gene gave him the wrap-it-up treatment. Like, like Wright's, like, literally cutting a promo on the fact that he never gets to cut a promo, and then he gets cut off. I don't know if that was planned or if that really <laughs> is how it just, again, they're like, well... Ten seconds is enough. Cut him. Imitates art. Art imitates life. Gene was on fire. It was a good night for him. Uh, next, we get uh, Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. Malenko's jumped by Eddie during his entrance. Chavo comes out to the ring, comes onto the uh, apron for a distraction, but Eddie blindsides Malenko, who bumps Chavo off the apron, and Eddie hits the frog splash for the win. So they're obviously building towards that whole dissension between them uh, until Eddie throws coffee on himself. 
Next we get Gene on the ramp. He's with Rey Mysterio. Before Rey comes out, Gene's like, yeah, I had a great night at the craps table last night. Okay. Ray says he's tired of being pushed around by Nash and the Wolfpack. They threw me into a trailer. Gene goes, like a dart. <laughs> I told you, Gene's on. Glad he brought it just straight up. Yeah. It's... <laughs> says, I need to know if I can beat Kevin Nash. Challenges him to a match tonight. Nash comes out and he says, oh, dude, you got heart. You got heart, huh? Why don't, how about we do a little autopsy in the ring tonight and see how big of a heart you got? C, excepto, little man. <laughs> All right. Next, we get some NWO music playing hit, and we get Bischoff out on a motorcycle. So Bisco goes, look, his feet can't even touch the floor. He calls out Hogan. Bad promo. The gun show. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, I was going to say his, his bi-weekly promos. Yep. Hector Garza versus Steven Regal for the TV title next. Garza bricks yet another corkscrew plancha. So we're two for two so far. Good thing it's his finishing move. Regal stretch for the win. I like this one because there was no context. There didn't need to be any. It was just what Steven Regal would do after he won. He just a few boots to Garza as they went to break. Loved it. Little things, man. Little things. Yeah. Uh, next we get Gene on the ramp with the Steiners. They want their tag shot. The generic NWO music hits, so that would be uh, the baseline from Hey Joe. Um, mm-hmm. But then they fuck. They realize they fucked up, and they play the real NWO music because it's the Outsiders. It's basically the whole NWO at this point, minus Hogan. Outsiders six, Vincent Buff, Norton, and Masahiro Chono. Hall has a contract on a clipboard. Gene just happened to has a pen. Why don't you guys just go ahead and sign this? Then, of course, as the signers are signing it, Gene chimes in and says, shouldn't you have a lawyer here? (laughs) Thanks, Dick. (laughs) Of course, naturally, after they sign it, Gene wants to look at it. And basically, the contract says they have to fight Chono and uh, Muda first. So, um, you know, maybe in 89, that would have been a fun match or even 92. Yeah, 97. (laughs) I'm just like, eh. All right, next we get like Rinse, repeat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at least it's not Harlem Heat this time. We get Psychosis versus Super Kolo. Psychosis wins with help from Sonny Ono. The fucked up thing about this is Super Kolo gets up and hits a fucking, it looked like a fucking potato elbow on Psychosis. He just got up and just threw this elbow. It looked fucking nasty. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I didn't miss LaParker that one. comes in with a chair. Hoovy comes to the ring and a bunch of shit happens. Transition into hour two here. We get Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, and Masahiro Chono versus Flair Benoit Mungo, the horseman. It just turns into a brawl. Vincent runs in. It's a DQ. Hooray. Good way to start off hour two, though. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a sign of things to come for pretty much the rest of the night. <laughs> we get a, another Sullivan-Benoit package. This one fo- focuses more on Kevin Sullivan. Uh, next, we get Wrath and Mortis versus High Voltage. Uh, naturally, Glacier and Ernst Miller come to the ring. Glacier makes a distraction. Uh, ref can't see. Miller hits the top rope spin kick to Mortis and High Voltage win. Rinse, repeat, just flip the poles. <laughs> just, I was just going to say, you're just flipping the teams. That's it. Same, they even used High Voltage twice. Yep. Uh, we get a limo Jeez. showing up outside. The door briefly opens and closes. 
And after a Bash at the Beach ad, we see that Raven is in the crowd. That's who yeah. I thought Gene was referring to when he said he's not happy with his current company because Raven lost the Loser Leaves Town match. So, yeah. yep. so I, I didn't realize it took a couple weeks. But, hey, I guess a guy needs vacation, right? Tanae says he has to work for WCW. I'm going to find out what's going on. You do that, Mike. You do that, Mike. Actually, it works out real well for him, too. Uh, Conan takes on Jeff Jarrett for the U.S. title. Horsemen come to the ring. Conan spits at him. Uh, Jarrett uses the distraction to lock in the figure four. Flair helps Jeff Jarrett with the leverage, and he wins. Horsemen come in the ring. Flair struts with Jeff Jarrett. And it was like a mob hit. Flair puts over Jeff Jarrett and says, you're no longer a horseman. And the chaos ensues. And, of course, naturally, as soon as they started, as soon as I saw him dancing along with him, I go, oh, they're taking yeah. him out. They're taking him out right yeah. here. And, like, you just said a mob hit. I'm, like, pr- perfectly described. Yeah. And, of course, naturally, the best way to cap it off is put Deborah on the mic. Y'all. Y'all. You didn't hear this from me. But next was Kevin Nash versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, it, it's basically what you want out of a match like this. You know he's not going to win, but Ray starts off hot. You get a drop kick off the top, followed by a lot more drop kicks. Nash quickly regains control, drags it out, one power bomb, one foot pin. Uh, after the win, he hits another, takes out the ref. Conan comes out for the save. He trained with Ray in Mexico. Uh, but we get our third power bomb and a nod from both, and then Conan locks in the leg. Uh, locks in the leg, does a leg lock on Ray. So weird. Conan's like, oh, they're yeah, they were they they trained together in Mexico. Oh yeah, like you guys have had no interaction, and now you're just coming out and okay. Well, you know they were in Mexico. They probably crossed paths at some point. We'll just say that they worked together. Okay, yeah, good enough. I guess I don't know, man. Um, yeah, so next, uh, Mike Tanay and his, you know, investigative journalism side decide to go see what Raven's gonna, what's Raven's doing there. Raven doesn't answer the first two questions. At one point, he just spits on the ground, which I find, <laughs> he asks him the second question, he just spits on the ground. And Tanay's just like, oh, okay, well, uh, back to you guys. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right, so, uh, next we get Hall and Nash and Macho with Liz versus DDP Luger and Giant with Kimberly. Uh, Hogan comes to the ring with the rest of the NWO. Sting shows up in the crowd again. Like last week, Macho just goes ahead and hits the elbow drop while Sting's just standing in the crowd. But Sting was in the crowd, and then he comes from the ceiling. So maybe that was Sting that was in the crowd. And then It's funny. They pulled kind of the same thing at uh, Forbidden Door this week with a fake Sting and another Sting coming from a different spot. That's so funny they did the exact same thing. And then... Out of fucking nowhere, Kurt Hennig struts down the fucking aisle. Holy shit, he's here. And then Raven's like, well, fuck you. And he jumps the barricade, and there's just like a four, it's like a Mexican standoff, and we go off the air. Cool ending. That actually was exciting. That was exciting. Two brand new players come into the game at WCW. Yes. And you know Raven's not going to join NWO. Kurt, probably more likely, right? Or could he go horseman style? Like he's got there's a lot of options for him. I actually liked this ending compared to how Raw has ended both weeks together. 100%. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Next week we got 
Raw Nitro again when we get back to the wars, as well as Canadian Stampede. But, as poetic as that will be, now let's talk about one of the most poetic movies of all time. It's kind of a love story between two cops. Not getting along. Learn to love working with each other. I'm not talking about Lethal Weapon. Talking about Tango and Cash. Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. I gotta say, one of my favorite action movies of all time. Couldn't go with The Last Boy Scout? (laughs) I never really cared for that one as much. Other than the opening scene where the football player just shoots someone on the field. I'm like, why doesn't that happen more often? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Rambo. <laughs> Rambo. Rambo's a pussy. <laughs> Tango and Cash is known for probably one of the best lines that people use all time. I even used it earlier today. Fubar. When something is just fucked up beyond all recognition. I use that quite often. Oh, yeah. I love the dorky tech guy that they have in that. Um, and he's also in uh, Scrooged. Sorry about that, Dicky. <laughs> Same guy. I can't think. Of, can't think of his name, but that guy. Um, what kills me in Tango and Cash is I'm still thrown off with the ending. I understand you can figure out the mirror, the ring, all that shit, the gun. I don't know. I'm still confused as to how he made the one shot and figured out exactly who it was in that hall of mirrors. Fucking throws me off every time. Or he got lucky. But now he can date your sister. <laughs> Dude, tell well, me every time you see a really, very, really long. Very free. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Tell me you've never wanted to take your belt and just go riding down a power line. <coughs> Absolutely. That and the other scene that sticks with me is the beginning when they're introducing you to both of them before they've met each other. And they stop the oil tanker because yep. it's got the drugs in it. And they search the oil tanker. No, there's just there's just oil in it. And he's like, fuck this. Pulls out his gun, shoots a hole in the side of it. The Coke was lining in between the oil yep. tanker. I don't know why that sticks with me because he just does it so nonchalantly. just pulls out. Bam. Yep. And bad cop, worst cop. He's the governor. <laughs> Who's the governor? <laughs> it's a bloody dud. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I prefer blondes. <laughs> Sylvester could be funny. He could, he's pretty. Yeah. He's good. Between that and Demolition Man, he's got oh, a couple of witty lines. Man, Jesus. Be honest. Still not allowed to do Oscar. <laughs> or throw my mom, mama from her train. Oh, no. Stop her. My mom will shoot. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> but that's our movie of the week. That's our movie recommendation of the week. If you want a good action movie, watch Tango and Cash. Tenacious D liked it so much they even put it in one of their songs. Couldn't split up Tango and Cash. No, never mind. All right, next week we'll be back with not only the top of wrestling, we'll be back with a top topic. We got a lot of stuff to uncover. We'll be talking blood and guts. And the most important part is we will be one week away from Dynamite in Blue Cross Arena. So we'll be seeing what we're in store for after Blood and Guts. I got mine. Did you get yours? 
Apparently not by that question. All right. As soon as we hop off, he's going to be buying some tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. ODM will leave you with just four words. It's a costume party. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Yo, that jazz fest damn near killed me, man. I had to do a spin the wheel thing all week. And it was me being like, because uh, we were giving away like $50 gift cards or $100 Visa gift cards. Mm. And I was like, you can't win if you're not spinning. You got to spin to win, spin the win, file the green. The money's in the green. Money's winning. If you're not spinning, you ain't winning. Let's go. Let's go. I was like being a fucking carny all week. And for some weird reason, <laughs> I liked it. That's got a certain romanticism to it. Yeah. It was fun. Oh, my God. Like, I got to you... tell you. Holy shit. I forgot all about this. Oh, man. It, it's nothing, but you'll get a good kick out of it. So oh, I'm one ready. of the things that made the week more difficult was my brother was in town. That's so, what she said. She said all of you guys were out. I yeah. was like, and here I am being a fucking carny. <laughs> all right. So when did he come in? I think it was Saturday. So we go over to Wiesner's, right? Because that's where he is, right? And I walk in, and so my brother has grown his hair long, which he hasn't done in a long time. All right. Okay. Uh, and he had naturally, he has naturally curly hair. And I haven't, I mean, you look at picture, mm-hmm. kid, pictures of him as a kid, and it's hilarious, right? You know, and his hair will fro out almost. You know, it's, it's fucking great. It looks like Dustin from Stranger Things. But nice. I walk in, and his hair's like super long. Like for him, it's super long. And bro, 
I looked at him and the first thing I said, this is, I walk in and this is what I say. Okay. I walk in, I see his hair. I go, baby, what'd you do to your hair? Just <laughs> let your soul glow. It, dude, it looked like he had soul glow all in his fucking hair. I started singing the soul glow song. I'm like, what's up, bro? I haven't seen you in forever. I'm going to mock the shit out of you now. Yo, fucking- you got that natural hair right there. That's the oils. That's the juice. That's good. No, the Goldberg is go to half baked. Guys, it's me. Oh, black ass. Why did never mind? All right. Why don't you moon us earlier? All right, here we go. Let's see if we can get this off off and going here. All right. This is bad, man. I wanted a jacuzzi when I was a kid. I had a fart in a tub. You know, sometimes you just got to take in the simple things in life and appreciate little things like hearing somebody that you're very close to laughing with their spouse. Just a little thing. That's good shit right there. And he ended it with, I love you. Love you too, babe. Flamingo messages me. She's like, can I get you and Jackie's address? And she even like made sure to call out Jackie. She's like, I want to invite you to Tiger's birthday. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Get done having my smoke come in. Vinny got the mail. He's like, this looks like a card from somebody you know. I haven't even <laughs> opened it yet. How long ago did you get it? Right now? Yep. Oh, beautiful. I just got it right now. Ooh, it's fancy. It's funny, while you're opening it, he messaged me and wanted to bring me the belt to the Jazz Fest. Oh, God, I can't wait. Yo, the way you're laughing, Jesus. You're going to have to get it close to the screen. I got to see it. Get it close. I got to see it. First and foremost, it's at his house, so I don't want to go. Wait, second. Is it this? Wait. Is it this, the mm logo, though I want your button no. logo? <laughs> oh, God. It <laughs> no, it's a standard-ass invitation for 
Tiger's birthday. It's a costume party. They love doing that fucking cosplay shit, too. You should just show up as Zorro. <laughs> Why the fuck no, even better. Like, it's always sunny. Show up as Green Man. Just all Green Man, <laughs> head to toe. You can't take it off. You never know who the person is. And you get protected from any bugs or insects that may land on your skin <laughs> when you're at the house. That's actually not a bad idea, yeah. But he messaged me and was like, where are you at at the Jazz Fest? I was like, oh, Jesus, he's going to try and come and cut a promo and be funny and shit. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And he said, and I was like, I'm on Gibbs Street, which has been labeled Jazz Street for the Jazz Fest. But I was like, Jazz Street. <laughs> I wanted them. <laughs> so anyway, um, next day, she messages me. And it's like, hey, we want to bring you the belt. Tiger realized that people should be holding it until the end of the following season because they are the defending champion. And I was like, are you shitting me? Then Joe should have been holding it a long time ago and then to give it to me. And I wrote, I got to be honest, I'm way too busy. I'm on, and I even told her, I'm on Gibbs Street all week, but I'm running the VIP tent. I'm running back and forth. I have zero time. So I, I'm good. I don't need the belt. I'm fine. I got the paper one over here. <laughs> I already told you. It got labeled the, the top of wrestling championship. Oh, all right. On that note, <clears throat> are we doing a wrestling podcast or something? I got really Fuck, sidetracked there for a second. 